You wanted the best. You got the best. In strong language and adult content. The hottest podcast in the world. Slowly we rock. Welcome to Slowly We Rock, Metal's funnest and dumbest podcast. As ever, I am your host, Jim, and I'm with my best fucking birds. I'm with Dan. Hello. I'm with Lewis. Hello. Woo! How are you all doing, guys? It's Friday. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, I've got a yeah. Friday. Yeah, whatever. Cool. Saying. I've got a headline for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yes. Um, so I saw this on Blabbermouth on the 18th of September. <laughs> I'm in a row. Yeah, I'm in. And I have been basically like sitting on it. Which is, sounds horrible when, you, when I'm going to read the headline out. Oh no! For about a week now. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> and I'm surprised you guys haven't seen it, but it's perfect. Okay. I don't go on blabbermouth. I'll be honest. I, no, yeah, it's pretty good. It's Not good, for me. It's, it's good for you know keeping up with certain like albums, tours, videos, and like weird stuff with '80s rock bands. You know. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to redact what Nelm says, and I absolutely love blabbermouth <laughs> yeah, for that well. exact reason. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> okay, cool. Someone's going to get. Uh, We'll cut out the foreplay and get straight to, you know, the headline. We're going in dry. Um, the blab- oh. blabmouth.net headline, Tommy Lee posts penis video, denies penis is his. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? So, I don't know this article. Lewis, what do you think that involves? What do you think's happened? Shit. Uh, first of all, the words penis video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. It's been... They post penis video like it's a type of video, like a, a genre or a brand, like you know, like uh, you know, like the um, uh, what's it called, the challenge where they all, oh, the Harlem Shake challenge or yeah, okay, post yeah, Harlem yeah. Shake video, yeah, or, ice bath challenge, yeah, yeah, like ice, yeah. yeah. penis video. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, okay, we're all familiar with the dick pic. What would a penis video entail? Except, I guess, like, I don't know, different angles. In my head, it's like a puppetry of the penis type thing. We well, think or, he's got really arty with it and, like, he's doing tricks. Yeah, he's like, this is the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, just folding it. This is the Loch Ness Monster, dude. <laughs> <laughs> she is your mom. <laughs> she is your dong. Nice. Brandong. <laughs> Brandong. <laughs> We've done. We've done. It. done. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Shout at the bell end. Okay, here we go. So, um, shall I... Bevel? Shout at the bevel? Be- bell end. <laughs> Penis has a bevel to it, right? Go, Jim. Okay, so I'll read the article, okay. Uh, (laughs) um, Tommy, uh, Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee has posted a video that appears to show an image of a penis held up to the lips of his wife, Britley Ferlin Lee. Well, I've already got questions. He captioned the picture, these new Instagram filters are finally getting wood. I mean, good. They finally gave me my own filter. A rep for Lee has since told Page Six that the penis is not Lee's, but was a filter. The rep couldn't explain where the uh, X-rated filter is available or how Lee found it, but said, <laughs> all I know is it's not his penis. <laughs> Lee's actual penis was featured in a sex tape he made with his uh, wife, Kyle Anderson, during their 98 honeymoon. The video ended up uh, finding its way online after being stolen from the home by an electrician. According to... Uh, Marie Claire, Pamela later sued the distribution company but ended up settling and the tape continued to be available online as a result. The tape reportedly made 77 million in less than 12 months. Fucking 77 hell. 77 million? Uh, 
story continues after advertisement. What's the advert for? Uh, doesn't specify. Uh, but it's uh, some kind of new filter. On Lee's Instagram. penis was ranked number eight on Gorka's list of twenty famous big dicks behind <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain's. Who's that? Uh, basketball player. Oh. Um, <laughs> Signed Kelsey questions. Grammis. Signed Kelsey Grammis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Frazier's crane. <laughs> he seems. I, I, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this has been both the best and worst intro we've ever done. Oh, we're losing listeners on this. Um, he seems very calm for a man who's had a video posted of his wife featuring apparently another man's genitals, not his. <laughs> it's a filter. A filter. It's a dick filter that you can't get on any app. <laughs> I feel like we need to see a side of this against the sex tape. Um, <laughs> uh, Jim's reaching for his phone almost uh, immediately. immediately. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure it's going to end with a Jim in a room with a big cork board, <laughs> of different various celebrity dick pics, and like red string connecting the dots. <laughs> this is the worst, honestly. We should start again. <laughs> also, lovely start from the we end of the last episode talking about uh, Brandon Lee and Pamela Anderson, and we've just beautifully segued into part two. Also. I'm loving this, because for the first eight episodes, you're like, oh, shit, we keep talking about Motley Crue. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, God, it's so good how we are talking about Motley Crue. Yeah. How can we, so, yeah, six degrees of separation, but with Tommy Lee. <laughs> to be fair, I think The Dirt had a big impact on us. That movie. Yeah. 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 I've, yeah. Um, okay, so, um, <laughs> God. Okay, I can see, mm, um, Yeah, I was, I was gonna, I'm just showing the image to the guys. Okay. What? Mm. Two, mm. Here we go. Uh, mm. It looks photoshopped. It, uh, it, it does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's obviously heavily... The image has been heavily pixelated. I'm pretty sure... Can you go on your Instagram and look at the filters? Or, mm, what, for a dick no. filter? Well, yeah, in case it's on there. I, I don't, <laughs> we, I don't, we don't know whether he's actually right. Is anyone... I mean, like, I'm pretty sure the filter's like sepia tones. So I don't think there's a I, filter which puts on a penis. I think he means the ones where it'll make you look like a dog or, you know... Insert a penis in your mouth. Have rainbows. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But has Instagram denied this? That's a good point. Yeah. Normally, these articles, they'd be like, a spokesman for Instagram says, <laughs> yeah, Mo- Tommy Mark- Lee is lying. Mark yeah. Zuckerberg <laughs> chimed in. I think we all know whose dick that is. <laughs> um, oh, this is being recorded. Great. So, yeah, that's happening. <laughs> um, that's literally all I brought to the podcast today. Uh, how long are we recording for? Like, Eight minutes? Cool. It feels know. longer. <laughs> Just like Tommy Lee's dick, it yeah, feels yeah. much longer. No. Did he no, offer any no. evidence? But- oh, yeah, Vim said whose it is. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the interesting thing. Like, he could have just joked as like, oh, just pissing around. It was like a dildo or a prosthetic, anything. Yeah. But like, to try and convince the world that someone was developed <laughs> an app, else's. which <laughs> recreates a lifelike dick. Yeah. And that somehow he's the only person who knows about this app. Shit, we've all been wondering what the Jeremy Renner app is for. <laughs> now we know. Oh, we haven't talked about the Jeremy Renner app. We've Have we not? To... Okay, yeah, can I say, no. one, how dare you? Because the Jeremy Renner app was something that was misguided, but really, really, pure. really pure and wholesome. And then people found out about it and they fucking ruined it. Idiots. Yeah. It was funny on its own. It was a very nice, wholesome, funny video to have. Uh, app to have, sorry. Um, and then idiot hackers decided to make it funny. 
Yeah. So, I have no... I, right, okay. No. So, just to give you some backstory, um, Avengers actor Jeremy Renner... Plays Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye. A.k.a. the, least, AKA the least popular Avenger. <laughs> uh, that was really bad. Uh, not, not with me. No. Oh, hang on. No. Uh, I'm more, that, of a, more of a Ronin fan. Yeah. Who is my least favourite Avenger? Yeah, that, just start thinking about it. Okay, and then oh, come back to me. Vision, actually. What? No, are you joking? No, no. I, I like him as like yeah. Paul Bettany. I like. Him, I know he's great. But... I like him awkwardly fumbling around trying to like cook for Wanda and stuff like that. I thought, like, and also their new show looks nuts as well. The actual oh, images from my it. least favorite oh, Avenger is Scarlet Witch's accent uh, <laughs> in the early one she's in. Once she drops it, much better. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I now I loved Vision in Age of Ultron and Civil War. Yeah, and then. Well, you only had yeah, free, you, only, you only had three movies, so then then by by um, Infinity War he was dead. Yeah, but it's still, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I thought I, I liked it. I, he was um, fine. Paul uh, was great. Yeah, yeah. I was, also, he's got that um, really good line before he wipes oh. Ultron off the face of the earth, and he's like, "I was only born." Yeah, what do I know? I was only born yesterday. Uh, yeah, that's a good line. I'll leave that there. But there's some very moral questions about their relationship at that point. But. Um, no, worst Avenger, Quicksilver. Oh, I don't really consider made title I, of Avenger. I don't really consider him an Avenger. <laughs> he's an Avenger because he got himself. Uh, he's the worst Avenger because he got himself killed. That's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. yes. Yeah. Didn't even sacrifice himself. Yes. Okay, so we're talking about the Tommy Lee Dick app, right? Yeah. Oh no, we're talking about the no, Jeremy Renner app. This is okay, cool. <laughs> so Je- Jeremy Renner had a app because he just he wanted to connect with his fans, <laughs> and he was a bit annoyed, like through Instagram and Twitter and Facebook how he wasn't really connecting to his fans and it was like in a bit of a weird flex oh there's too many people so I can't really get to my real fans like as if like he had way too many followers so he set up a Jeremy Renner app and he would like post little videos and photos and stuff like that and Jeremy Renner fans could talk about what they're up to and stuff and talk about Jeremy Renner and he also used it as a platform to launch his music career yes now I think from here Mm. was where I was yeah (laughs) so he released this I think he's done like two singles one of them is called heaven don't have a name that's which, the only one i've heard which it does yeah. it's heaven <laughs> uh and it was like i think there's two versions it was like a rock version there's like more of a david guetta like dance version <laughs> uh <laughs> also actually no if you said to me what would hawkeye listen to it would be david guetta <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, like he tell everyone that he listens to like um, Hank Williams or something like that. Yeah. But actually, he listens to David Guetta. Yeah. 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 His, oh, my daughters make me listen to it. But yeah. really, yeah. He, he wouldn't know that the electro version of "I'm on Fire" was originally Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think he yeah. Would just assume. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we all agreed on this very niche yeah. view of what and Jerry Renner might think. He did a cover of "It's." It goes. Mm-hmm. It's like it's what, crash re- test dummies. Crash test dummies. You did a cover of crash oh, test dummies okay. as well. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Go out from two hums, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yeah. Two hum gnomes. Um And um yeah, so I've never seen that movie. Maybe. I know, I know. Have yeah. you never seen Dumb That's Dumber? why he slags it off. It makes sense now. Mm, yeah. Really? It's never appealed to me. It, it looked I know Step Stepbrothers is one of my favourite comedies. Dumb and Dumber looked too dumb. No. It's as dumb as Step Brothers. It's, yeah. We, but it's as smart as Step Brothers in the same yeah, way. Yeah, it's a very clever dumb. Yeah. I, I know. I will go back to it. But um, okay. I can't believe you've been slagging it off all these years and you haven't seen it. I, just, I, I find a lot of Jim Carrey stuff hard to go back to. <laughs> but you haven't been back to it. 
But then I thought, why, why, why would I? Because I don't get, I don't get a lot from the stuff I liked. So why oh, would I go no. back to the one that I didn't even bother with? For me, it's a. I would say it's probably. Also, my I'm not, fav- a, I'm not a huge uh, Farley Brothers fan as well. This was peak. This I don't is, think many people are. No, this <laughs> is the best thing they ever did, and for me, probably my favorite comedy film. Favorite comedy film ever, ever. Up with Airplane. Okay. Wow. Like one hundred percent. That's some high praise. Oh, I think it's as relentless as one hundred percent airplane. I would yes. say. Is it MacGruber though? So much better. No. So much better. Ooh, oh, it's interesting. It's superb. We watched it the other day. So we sidelined so quickly. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we whole fucking episode's been sidelined. So <laughs> yeah, far. we're also in like a little bit of a we're, we're in a, bit, a spin-off show called the Garbage Path. But, but yeah, I would say like for people who listen to our podcast, not for music. Enjoy this bit because we're about to be bombarded with gigs and stuff like that. So yes, because mm-hmm. like, this is yeah, this, <laughs> you've been warned. Yeah, this, this is the, this uh, is the calm before we, the storm. Really, me and my girlfriend had a lovely evening the other night where we ate three blocks of cheese between us. Yes, what cheese? Uh, we had. What a, are you working with here? A, a baked camembert. Yep. Oh, with fuck, a, with so a bunch good. of cloves of fresh garlic. Yeah, of course. It. You, it's not really a baked camembert about yeah. the garlic, is it? Come on. My first rodeo. Yeah, yeah. God, I bet your house fucking stank. Oh, like worse hell. than usual. It's honestly, but it was perfect because when we were taking it back on the train, no one could tell. <laughs> 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 no one could tell what was my shoes and what was camembert. <laughs> You're all trapped on this train with me. <laughs> uh, we had an edam for us mild. Okay. Yeah. Nice middle ground, and then we had uh, a lovely. Oh, this is what you name dropped an Edam in conversation the other day. Yeah. I forgot to ask you what you're on about. <laughs> name dropped an Edam. You just went. You can cut it out if you want, but you went. Yeah, because he's just messing me. She's eating some of the Edam, <laughs> and I forgot to ask you. You said it in a way that Edam was like something I should have known about. <laughs> yeah, I was confused by this. Yeah, I was like, I can't even be bothered to ask about this. <laughs> it's the first time someone's name dropped cheese to me. I think before, and all the cheeses, it was Edam. No. I forgot to ask you what yeah. what was what was so special about the Edam. It was really good Edam, but <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. So we came back. Uh... What was your third cheese? Oh, it was a uh, a chili cheddar. Oh, lovely. Always, always bit a of a kick to it. People nice. would say when they eat bit it. Of fire. Bit of fire. Yeah. <laughs> a bit on the cracker. Go, oh, it's lovely. Bit of a kick to it. <laughs> it's a classic something with chili uh, response. I do it all the time. <laughs> Oh, you like this? Bit of a kick to it. Mm, it's got a nice, <laughs> lovely kick. Yeah, yeah. You can't yeah, say it's yeah. spicy. Oh, yeah. Are you sure you're gonna? This, by the way, this has got a bit of a kick bit to it. Are you sure you can be okay? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and we watched, uh, we watched Dumb and Dumber. Uh, kids started hallucinating about halfway through out of like cheese fever. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. We got full on cheese sweats. Uh, but Coming out your pores like play doh. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's ever seen me in our whole time together laugh as much. As watching Dumb and Dumber, really? I would honestly, it was such you a get joy. Those calcium to go back giggles to. from all the cheese. Oh my god, it's just—it's my favorite comedy of all time. It's not yes, mine, fact, but it's number one now. Yeah, it's but it's up there for me. It's perfect. Um, it's just relentlessly stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, the sequel's such a crushing disappointment. Uh, there's no sequel. The best don't worry joke about it. in the sequel is the name of a sequel. Yeah, which is Dumb and Dumber Two, <laughs> spelt T O. Yeah, yeah. It's downhill from that. Yeah. I was, yeah, that's not that. Oh, but we have the original. Like, that's why I never quite understand fully why people get so upset. Just don't watch the sequels again if you don't enjoy them. Yeah, like uh, Crystal Skull didn't ruin how much I love, you know, uh, Raise the Lost Ark. Which I saw at cinema on Monday and it was the best. Uh, I think for <laughs> me, and this is probably going to be controversial in this room, I think Raiders is John Williams' best score for me. 
Uh, it's, it's a fantastic score. Yeah, I mean, you can't it's really super. go wrong with so many of his scores. No. Um, mm. But the Senate Raiders is just so good. And I think it's one of... He does it in Star Wars as well, but the way he intertwines themes together. Yeah, it's incredible. And overlaps them. It's yeah, just it's so good. superb. Unbelievable. Like it, that, That's the thing I love about the original Star Wars soundtrack. Like, the way... Yeah, he takes the one bit of music and he just... The way he changes it around, it feels unique. Yeah. But also, it's got that thread for it. Like, uh, Binary Suns. Yep. Incredible. Like, the image of Luke. It's called a leitmotif. There you go. Yeah, we talked about this actually before, yeah. like off the podcast. But yeah, yeah, seeing Luke looking at those two sons, hearing that music, the way it swells. Yeah. Oh, incredible! Mm. It's absolutely incredible. Like really moving. John Williams, but man. Yeah, like because mm. it really because I hadn't seen it in cinema before, and I think obviously I've always known the music's great in that movie, but it's almost overwhelming how good it is. Like the, in a the cinema. The, yeah, the sequence where Indy is doing the map room with the stick to find out where the, the uh, arc is hidden has always been one of my favourite scenes of any film. Mm-hmm. The singer with that music is just something else. It's just amazing. I think I watched... I did watch all of the film, but I kept turning to my girlfriend and just grinning like a loon oh. every, like, ten minutes about what was going on. It was just... I promised her I wouldn't quote all the lines to her when we were watching it because yeah, you don't it. want to be that person. You can't, you can't help yourself. Though. But it's just so good. And the script's amazing. And it's film. weird. It turns out that girls absolutely hate it when you're showing them your favourite film and just <laughs> making eye contact with them the whole time quoting the film. I know. It's weird. weird. I don't I mean, get it. Yeah, she'd already seen it, luckily. So, yeah. It's just a great film. Just, uh... Do you know what? I, 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 I'm going to disagree, having been on the other side of that, watching a girlfriend's favourite movie and seeing how excited she was watching it and her turned to me looking really excited. I, I loved how excited oh, she was. Oh, that's what my nice. girlfriend said to me. She was more excited for how excited I was yeah. than... But was she was she quoting every line at you? No, not quite. No, actually, no, she was. Yeah. So, oh, okay, a okay, couple, couple of examples. Okay, what, what watched uh, <laughs> Labyrinth uh-huh. and, like, she was, like, literally, like, quivering with excitement <laughs> and uh, every time, like, everything that happened... She was like so excited, and it's like every time a new character came on screen and stuff like that. And uh, also, when we watched, we went to see the Beauty and the Beast remake, mm. which yep. I actually really enjoyed. I think it's like it's good. And she was like a bit worried about it because um, it's like her favorite Disney movie. She, was like, she actually fucking liked. loved it. I could feel like oh, a hand tighten it. Yeah, it was like it was really it was really nice, you know. I love and, that. And like, you could see like how excited she was to watch this movie and how it like nailed all the stuff from the original, but also added some new stuff. So I totally get it, you know. It's not like when I when I put Dead Man's Shoes on <laughs> start giving you a guy to tour of Matlock Derbyshire. Yeah. yeah, you know. What like, are movies to use for Yeah, it's precisely. So like it's just like but, but I, I totally get that. But like I like it's like kind of like I love actually if it's a movie like like Catherine, she twists at you. I like seeing it with someone who hasn't seen it before a lot. Like, yeah. um, ended up seeing Hereditary twice at the cinema. Yeah. One reason another. And the second time I watched it, I think I spent more time watching the person I was with to see how they react to it. Yeah. And, yeah, I really like and that. with horrors, it's so difficult with that because you don't want to give away what's yeah, about to happen. No, exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. Music. Um, what's happening? Music. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> The guitar continues to be played. <laughs> uh, Trickster. Tr- yes. Okay, yeah. Cool. Actually, it's a couple. Of, it's, it's, it's probably actually way more we can talk about than I realized. Okay, yeah. So you sent because you, you hinted about this on the last episode uh, mm-hmm. that you were going to take us on like a little guided tour of obscure late eighties, early nineties hair metal bands that released like oh, one. Just good. Tri- yeah. Sorry, oh, sorry. Trickster. <laughs> <laughs> 
This band was so obscure. You sent a photo to us of them when guess who? And then I had to tell you who they were because you didn't know. <laughs> so I would say that is obscure. I only knew because I zoomed in on the photo. Because it says it had, the name yep, on it. It says the name in very small writing at the top. And you went, nope, Slaughter. Oh, maybe it's Trickster. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I got fobbed off. Because <laughs> like, I saw it, I, I saw I like, lied to. I, I was like, some handsome boys with lots of big hair, it's probably extreme. No, they weren't handsome enough. Yeah. That's how you can tell yeah. with extreme. <laughs> uh, no, I saw that on the 80s hair metal page on Facebook, which is the worst page you could possibly subscribe to um, ever. How, how does that page feel about Steel Panther? Uh, they don't speak about them. Mm. But, Jesus Christ, I got a good song recommended to me the other day. What was that? Have you ever heard of... Um, shit. Uh, bon Jovi living on a prayer? <laughs> oh, it's like that Ugh. level of shit. Yeah. In the same way that... Like, you and get- also, that, I need to stress that Ugh, was not about that song. That's yeah. a fucking super it's, it's song. A re- it's a recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> In the same way that you go on um, like Reddit, Netflix recommendations... And someone goes, the usual suspects. <laughs> like, every dickhead's yeah. seen that fucking movie. Yeah. Um, Fight Club. For me, Heath Ledger as the Joker. <laughs> Who I think is amazing, but yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, but no, someone put this up and goes like, Slaughter. And I was like, no way, that's Slaughter. It wasn't. We're all from it. No, yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. I know. It's Trickster. Trickster. I've Trickster. never, ever heard of Trickster. Do you know what? We, we found out about them last night. I haven't bothered to listen to them. I have. Since, like, and, like I I've had like, the opportunity all day, but... But, like, I feel like we know our stuff. Like, not, yes. you know, um, humble brag, but, like, even if it's bands that were, like, not listening to, to, we're aware of them. What? I had no, never... No one has said the name John Karabi more than us. Yeah. yeah. I had <laughs> not never... Even <laughs> not even his mum. Yeah. Well, why would John Karabi keep saying his own name? Yeah. <laughs> He's not he, a Pokemon. Mm. Maybe he didn't get into... John Karabi, John Karabi. And also, maybe he was a well-behaved child, so his mum would only say his name in full when he oh, was in trouble. Johnny, so. yeah, he didn't get a full name. Yeah, as oh, we know, God. you only get full named if you're really in trouble as a kid. Oh, yes. But, but, but middle um, name comes out, don't go home. You're, but, you're um, sitting now, you're done. My mum knows that, like, I will, like, is in, like, you know, Pavlovian, but, like, you know, I will respond if I get full named. So even if it's I'm not... Terrifying. Like, even if I'm not in trouble, yeah. she just wants my attention, she'll full name me. So, like, if she's... If I'm back home and she's, like, made me a cup of tea, she'll be like, James Johnson Street? And I'm like... <gasps> For and a cup like, of tea. Yeah, and I'm like, what have I done? What have I done wrong? Wow. Keep in mind that like I'm nearly a 32 year old man, so what have I got to be afraid of at this point? Jesus. So Christ. I walked downstairs and then I was like, um, I've made you a cup of tea. The kettle's ball, do you want a cup of tea? And I'm like, <sighs> that's da- no, that's exactly the same as if she was like cutting you a slice of cake and it's with a switchblade that she puts back <laughs> into her face. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you just missed the best mime. I, I don't know how I can organically introduce this podcast, but before we started recording, we imagined how threatening Mick Jagger would be dancing around knife. with a flick knife. Because you wouldn't be able to tell where he was moving to, what he was going to do. He moved between the space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd just be. Cause you, in my head, he's full on uh, um, dancing in the streets, Mick Jagger. Yes. Like, just off his. Well, presumably off his face, because why else would they have recorded that? <laughs> uh, green frilly shirt, but also with a flick knife, ready to go. And I would say that if life were a chessboard, we'd all be kings, but he'd be the queen. <laughs> he, could, <laughs> he will be moving 
anywhere. Yep. <laughs> anywhere he wants. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Superb turnaround to Mick Jagger. Yeah. I'm okay. so sorry for anyone listening to this. <laughs> I can't imagine. Do you know what's so weird, though? Last episode was so coherent. Everything threaded together. I'm so sorry, well. everything's threaded together great. I agree, yeah. So, <laughs> it's one of the best bits of advice I've ever got about how to do a Mick Jagger impression uh, is, <laughs> is that you have to start. I like this because it sounds like you've had multiple advice. <laughs> and this is the best one. Son, come here. How is your uh, uh, man show going? <laughs> Lewis Christ Blake, come downstairs right now. <laughs> right, here we go. So, what you want to do is yeah. you need to start off at a normal pitch. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you've got to get your Cockney on. But yeah. The, well, a little bit of Cockney. And then bring it down as low as possible and drag it out. Okay? Yeah, you're so, right. I can so hear. what you really want to do, if you understand me, is yes. you want to get slightly lower the longer you talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And, oh, it's, and it really is the only way, darling, to do a real McJagger. <laughs> that's perfect. You want to there listen, you go. Anyone out there who's interested in hearing some great McJagger, look up the... Uh, interview that he did for the film Free Jack, <laughs> yes! where he just talks about taking uh, Emilio Estevez to strip clubs and what a great guy he is because he just went to strip clubs together. <laughs> it's just well, no, but really, it really was special because we went to all these strip clubs. <laughs> <laughs> um, now tell me, is that not good? That's a really no, good impression, good. man. There um, you go, thanks. Tokyo! Just, 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 Tokyo. just to compare, can you do any good Beatles impressions? Good Beatles? Yeah. Oh. Could you do you know, the guys in Beatles? Like if, if all, you, can you at least do some Thomas the Tank Engine narration? <laughs> well, Thomas was a. No, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh yeah. Um, I'm on both. It's a cliche question, <laughs> but the Beatles and um, Rolling Stones. No, I, 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 you can't compare the two. Yeah, because you it's can't the Beatles. Two. They both scratch a different itch. Just lucky we live in a world exactly. where we had both. We had but eggs. Good point. Well, it's exactly. mad. I think the entire... Hey Jim, guess what? That's the double album for me: <laughs> Beatles and Rolling Stones. Oh, Cheap. nice. Yeah, I, I <laughs> that, felt, that felt so Alan Partridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's for joking. Alan Partridge, isn't it? Where he talks to one of the younger guys at the hotel about. Um, the Beatles, he goes, and the guy goes, "Oh, what's your favourite Beatles album?" And Alan Partridge goes, "I'd have to say the best of the Beatles." <laughs> <laughs> but it's mad to think. What's really mad to think about with the Beatles is that I think their entire output is about ten hours in total. Yeah, which that, is absolutely that, that, crazy to yeah, think most, about. Most rounds are only about half an hour. Yeah, long. and like, even with like the sort of B sides and stuff. Yeah, Jesus Christ, isn't that really? Mad? Yeah. yeah, and it makes sense because obviously. You know, they wrote shorter songs and, and they stuff. were they were knocking like two albums out a year at one point as well. Yeah, it's meant it's because I always it always blows my, it always blows my mind that uh, both Black Sabbath and Paranoid came out in the same year. Yeah, I know, right? Like, I can't I cannot get my head around and, that. But even the difference between those two from like yeah, yeah. is not insane, day. isn't it? It's like yeah, I'd well, like dusk. <laughs> yeah, but like <laughs> the idea that bands that you like would go and record a full album in like two weeks time. In two weeks, we just put it out. Like, when you, we've got like tool that took them thirteen years to make an album. Talking of long albums, I think we've had a new release today, boys. We have, and I didn't know it was out today, and I was so happy about it. Opeth, new album out. Uh, very excited. I didn't realise it was out now because they've released two singles so far. Yeah. Also, uh, it's been like a barrage of like new music in the last few weeks, like Black Lace. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I like, think about end of August we had um, Kill Switch. Then mm-hmm. we've had Tool after that. Yeah. 
Um, there's a new name redacted album, and then we've got the new uh, Opeth <laughs> album. Yeah, and then there's like new Norma Jean to come up. It's like there's lot, quite... lots of singles and stuff as well in between. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, uh, new Court of Luna album as well, which I'm too. I'm just kind of getting into. But like, there's a lot of good new stuff in the path as well. As on yeah, the way. There you go. I know you don't like it, but Foo Fighters just released a random EP. I don't know. Don't stuff. Know. No, I know. Sorry. Do you not dislike them? Sorry. But yeah. Good Foo Fighters is amazing. Um, and I, one of them, which I never heard before, was them doing... This is getting off topic now again. Classic. <laughs> but um, they did a cover of Holiday in Cambodia. Oh, cool. I mainly listened to to hear what word they were saying instead of the word that uh, Jello Biafra uses in that song. They use the word brother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, like as in Uso. Yeah, as yeah. in the brothers feel cold in this version. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's interesting because it's Serge Tankian singing it, <laughs> which uh, makes sense because I can't... I was trying, I was mainly listening out of morbid curiosity as to what Dave Grohl trying to do a Jello Biafra impression would sound like. And we just circumvented it completely, which makes sense. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Um, that's, that's so much information to take in such a short space of time. Sorry. Rewind it back and listen again. I don't, really, <laughs> I don't really know what else to say. Or just cut that bit, because whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. So I'll do a clean cut now. We're on brand today, boys. I was going to say, I mean, that's the only new music you get from Surge. So that's yeah. all. Enjoy it. I... I know it's kind of funny to joke about it because Tool headline download having not released an album in 13 years. But I don't know how many times... Soda must have headlined download at least three times without a new record, right? I thought it was only one. I thought it was one. They've headlined more than once. I was looking myself Because I saw them once when they had an album and they've headlined... They've definitely headlined a couple of times. System of Down. Yeah. What's interesting about them, as reading, is apparently they all get along like a house on fire. There's no real bad blood. They just cannot agree... On what direction to take the new album in? So they keep getting together. Well, usually, well, usually to they get together and say all. Yeah, which is fun, <laughs> yeah. which is bad to me because they have there's a lot going on. Every yeah, time. The, the big issue is like the kind of fight for creative control between Serge and Darren. Mm. Uh, because if you think about when the band first started, musically, obviously, huge part of that is Darren, lyrically, vocally, Serge. Yeah, and then Darren's vocals come in a little bit more bit bit, bit more yeah. by the time you get to hypnotize mesmerize a dual vocals it's yeah. it's more than that yeah. like i would say they lean slightly more towards darren i remember when that album came out there were a lot of interviews about it and people asking serge like hey how do you feel about barely having written anything on this album yeah. and okay. basically kind of doing the backing vocals more than anything or like taking a bit you know it's like a third two thirds uh, and I remember he shrugged off and went, hmm, it's just how the album went, just how we, what it was like when we were recording. But I think that has been a huge bone of contention for them because in the interviews regarding making your album, like they like the huge thing is like they've tried to work out where it's like Darren's basically come up with the whole album. So it's like, well, no, because I want to actually contribute. And so it's just like, unless it's the 50-50 partnership, then he's not going to bother. Or it's it's there's a lot of it's probably not as simple as that, but there I is think a, it will th- happen eventually. Th- yeah, right? but there is a huge amount of there's a huge creative issue between like kind of who takes the lead on the new album. I was just thinking what you just said that it definitely sways more to dying towards yeah. the end because if you listen to BYOB, yeah, mm. Surge is literally BVs. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never really thought of it yeah, no, go like right. that because when you think about the sound it's like oh it's the two of them together it's like yeah. Mark and Tom from Blink-182 exactly it's not really Blink unless it's the two of them yeah yeah. but yeah you're absolutely if right you go, honestly yeah, yeah. if you go back like um, 
And the, the annoying thing is the fact that, like, Serge is a much better vocalist as well than Darren. Agreed. Darren is not a bad singer at all, and he has a lot of personality in his voice. But yeah, Serge, I, Serge is like, again, I'm not, oh, it's so complicated for me. Yeah. Um, but, like, I think he is one of the best vocalists in metal. He's I think brilliant. he's fucking fantastic. He's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know why you would put someone like that on the back seat. But even... Even Serge, though, sounds like a cartoon. In, in, in a super so, positive way. So in, this is this is my issue with Sode and like yeah. I I think musically they've got some amazing things going on. I think they've got there's a lot of clever stuff going on. I don't enjoy the cartoony elements. I just find them. Okay. A little, I think like I find them a little too much of a novelty that's worn thin very quickly. Um, Unless you're drunk in a Cardiff nightclub, in which case, in which okay. case <laughs> yeah. perfect uh, um, environment for our music as well. Yeah, I love when them, I, yeah. Like, I love when, them, yeah. When, when I hear like the good, the stuff, the so stuff I like, um, I'm like, God damn, this band was so good. I, it's also like personal because I felt like they broke up at the worst possible time because uh, it was like it what, felt the like, height of their career, height, height of their career, yeah. but like also when like politically we needed a band like that in the same yeah. way that like yeah. Rage Against yeah. Machine broke up at the worst possible time. Like Rage, Ga- Rage Against Machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> but like, if you think about it, like Rage Against Machine, like the majority of their output came out during like the democratic years in the US, like the good years yeah. where like the economy was really good yeah. and like, there's a lot of very positive stuff going on. You always want to be like, you think it's bad now, just wait. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then, they, yeah. Then, they broke, then they broke up at like the start of like the Bush years. And then, like, God, that's, a, that's yeah. such a good point. Yeah. And here we are in like the middle of like the Trump years, and like there's nothing from either band. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Like you should be, they should be fucking, ra- literally raging. Yeah. At the system of a down, <laughs> and the uh, machine. Uh, now it. Uh, and should yes, be, they should be, pu- yes. they should be putting out the most angry music of their career. And like, where are those guys? And that's the thing about system of down. Like, if they have something to say, they should say it. And I bet they do but they can't get past their own like creative egos to actually put out a message. And it's the kind of thing which people need right now. And that really frustrates me. Part of me quite respects how much seemingly perfectionist they seem to be where the fact they're all getting on like a house on fire, but they still can't do the music side of things. But yeah, they're also getting paid headline at Download Festival. Oh yeah, I could get on with anybody for that. I would get on with you guys for (laughs) Download Festival. No, no, no. (laughs) So Um, I'm going to have one stage, I'll perform on that one, but you guys perform on another stage. Or ACDC. Yeah, ACDC. We'll bring our own stage. B-Y-O-S. Because also, and again, Snort at that. Yeah, but like <laughs> it's a new one. I haven't done before. A disgruntled snort, not even like a uh, a laugh snort, like a <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, that's I think that's actually a really really good point. Mm. Is that these hugely politically influenced bands aren't doing things in yeah the era of the machine? And it's this is a thing in general. Like I can't remember. I've read an interview with someone who said was talking about this, but they were like, in an era when people are more politicized than ever. Angrier than ever. Where 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 are your bands? Where are the bands that are actually like where are your Rage Against Machine System of the Downs? Yeah. Where are the bands that are actually singing about this kind of stuff? And it's maybe it's because people have other outlets creatively. Maybe they can talk about it online and stuff like that. I don't know. No, but no, it just, nothing it speaks d- as loud as music. It, yeah, but right especially now, especially with amplifiers. Nice. But like, it feels like yeah. It just it's weird that we don't have that right now. Um, 
there are two big ones for me that are doing this. Mm. One is Idols. Yeah. Which is a local Bristol boy band. Not a Bristol boy band. <laughs> Bristol boy <laughs> band. Yeah. Um, who are super, super political and really, really going for it. They've got like such a punk rock attitude. Um, really, really doing great things as well. And the other would be Straight From The Path. Yeah. Who have been pretty relentless with it as well. Uh, is it Straight From The Path who kind of have picked up the rage? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. They've, picked, they've picked up the baton and run with it. It's, yeah. a, it's a modern rage. It's mm. angrier. It's your hardcore aggression than rage did. Um, yeah. yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's fascinating that you've got all of this, but yeah, the, the juggernauts aren't doing it. Mm. I mean, there's almost too much to cover. I just think you think sing for the about the thing that is you know you're most passionate yeah. about. Yeah, a lot of the political stuff with Sverdan, um, like a huge part of it is obviously like their Armenian heritage, mm-hmm. uh, but they they broaden. And it's like if yeah, you know, you, you, they shouldn't feel obligated to cover every single thing that's going going on. It shouldn't be on them to have to talk about exactly. It. Yeah, yeah. But and also, you cannot keep up these days. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, though, like yeah, if you're raising awareness oh, or like yeah, talking about something, then that's like a positive. So, in almost every forum at the minute that I'm seeing Rage Against the Machine spoken about, yeah. if Tom Morello does something live, on the back of his guitar, he's got tapes like, fuck Trump or fuck Brexit. He has me- yeah, he's always yeah. had a message and stuff like that, yeah. But all of the comments are, God, I used to love this band back in the day. Why have you got to get all political <laughs> all of a sudden? Yeah. yeah, And the whole message, and you're seeing it everywhere, it's like, why are you getting all political now? So, maybe a lot of the fan base that they did sell to were on the other side of the machine so, and didn't realise. Yeah. Because, so, like, the Rage Against the Machine is, yeah, we all hate the man, everyone hates the man. Yeah. Except, yeah. like, super pro-capitalist. Well, you see, your classic example of that is uh, Paul Ryan. Uh, yeah, 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 Talking yeah. when... when um, um, when Mitt Rom- was it Mitt Romney when he was running? Yeah. He was Paul Ryan was running with him and mm-hmm. he talked about how he used to love to work out to Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> Not a and you play. just wonder yeah. if someone can really genuinely be that tone deaf. But or But this is it. Yeah. That's um, it. that's what you, I think that's what you're I seeing. Think, I think there is a fear in a lot of bands to mention politics because metal or heavy music you know, it, it, it attracts like a very mm-hmm. politically attracts a very broad basis. Good, I remember um, Keith Buck, the time I die, was like, "Hey, if you're a Trump supporter, don't fucking turn up at our shows." And then uh, <laughs> yeah. someone t- someone tweeted, "I was like, good job losing fifty percent of your fan base." And it's like, no, fifty percent of our fan base aren't Republicans. <laughs> like, do you, don't, you don't know us. And I also think that with it, if you're if you're against the machine. Nowadays, everything is so extreme, it's so polarised right and left that there's a genuine fear of lethal repercussion. Yeah. If, if you do speak out against mm. super right-wing stuff, yeah, there's a very real chance that you'll get shot. It's one of the things right? that I like, I like about Corey Taylor. He's like very outspoken. He's like, yeah. I don't give a, I'm just going to say yeah. what I feel like. I don't give a shit. And we've, we've seen it before. We've, you know, we've seen it with so many artists that have been mm-hmm. murdered. Mm. Yeah. Because of a belief. And that's an insane thing to do. Yeah. It, you cannot fathom it. So I guess it's easy for us to say here that why aren't people speaking up? It's like, yeah, you can speak up to the point also, until yeah. your life also, is actually, in danger. I'm seeing it a bit where I think now, I think it makes more of an impact if someone like, just an example, Taylor Swift speaks out about a particular 
injustice yeah. it reaches a lot more people. I feel like even though it's not as angry or like fuck you to the man, yeah. Out- outwardly, I feel that gets much more of an impact yeah. overall. I'm, I'm gonna when it does. Which is interesting, but then she probably also does it because it makes her more money. Yeah, because I, I think yeah. like to be like slightly cynical and like I I'm not I I don't even know you need to calm down. Sounds like it. Maybe tied into to um, last week's episode. Yeah, uh, I don't. I it's actually, segways. I genuinely don't know how that sound that song sounds like, what it sounds like. But she's also kind of preaching to the choir because she's like a very what well, she she was in a position before where she was kind of seen as like the pillar of like white female like virtue and like yeah. stuff like that. And then she was like, no, there's a lot of stuff that you think I represent, but I don't. And she's become really outspoken against that. And I'm like, fucking hell, huge respect for that. And, like, anyone who stands up publicly for LGBT rights, I'm like, fuck yeah, that's yep. amazing, yep. incredible. Um, but at the same time, though, like, one, she's in a super privileged position, and two, she's kind of preaching to the choir because she's, like, appealing to, like, her fan base who, who, are, who follow her, like, religiously and probably share those beliefs as well. But, A, they are very incredibly outspoken. I mean, just look at when they realised Tool were going to beat her in the album. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen anyone mobilise so quickly <laughs> to help defend her. So yeah, that's true. If, if, if they're listening to what she says. Uh, also, just about defending LGBT rights, I went to see Creed Bratton at The Fleece. Uh, uh, for those who, on who don't know who's Creed Bratton. He plays Creed Bratton <laughs> in the American office. Um, basically, he plays sort of a weird caricature of himself, but some of it is very accurate to who he is. Uh, he was a singer-songwriter in the 60s with a band called The Grassroots, who in America had some real big hits, and then he left the band. Then they might have played Woodstock, not sure with or without him. And then he sort of was in and out of music for a while. And then, Woodstock 99. And then really the... Jeez. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, they were singing a song called Break Stuff, and then people were breaking stuff. <laughs> That's in one of the documentaries about... Um, that line is in one of the documentaries about uh, Woodstock 99. But then he, he, he came back with... I don't know how he got cast in The Office... Because he's not, he's been little actor, but not really like known. Yeah. But he plays himself in it, and that's allowed him to redo his music and stuff now. And he's yep. touring the UK and Europe, which is fucking cool. But like, he's seventy years old, and yeah. Oh wow! And he looks amazing for it. Yeah, like um, ridiculous. It looks like Locke from uh, Lost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the the show was really great because it was a lot of um, him playing his songs, which he's just a great songwriter, just mm-hmm. him an acoustic. Um, in between telling very funny monologues and jokes and stories and stuff cool. about his life. But throughout the whole thing, he was so pro-LGBT rights and stuff. And I just think if there's just no excuse for someone to be an old person and use that as an excuse to not yes. be um, sensitive and just, like, you know, open-minded. Yep. And it just really, mm. it was just a really great example of someone who's 70 years old. Obviously, he grew up with the, he was a big part of the hippie movement and stuff in the 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. But I think if you're 70 and you can be so open-minded and... Well, open-minded shouldn't be the right word, but just... Accepting. accepting. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. I just think there's... Absolutely, obviously, it's obvious to say, but I just think there's no excuse at all. It should yeah. be obvious He even did say. his classic line from The Office. Where he, he did a Creed face where he looked a bit more insane than normal. Uh, and he was like, you know, I made... In the 60s, made love to many, many women in the mud and the rain. Uh, it's possible a man slipped in there. There'd just be no way to know. So, <laughs> which got a big cheer. But yeah, I, 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 that was just, it was a really good show and really awesome. But that really stood out to me thinking about that. It was like, yeah, he's I, 70. I, like, I wish I could have yeah. got, I wish I was in town. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, let's give a quick, right, before we talk about really? our <laughs> album of the week. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, quick update on my holiday to Amsterdam because we mentioned it last week as well. Yes, um, go. Or Holland. I had a real good time. It was a real good holiday. Yeah, Netherlands. It was a real good father son trip. Um, Who'd you go with? Uh, my son, Jim Jr. <laughs> Sorry, that got me. Yeah, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Sorry. But I'm not really that. Sorry. No, I'm glad. <laughs> that was a good joke. Um, yeah, it was a really good time. It was a very chill time um, exploring a bit of Amsterdam with the old man. Um, just literally wandering around like a fucking beautiful city, enjoying some beers by the waterside, um, amazing architecture. Went to the film museum there as well. Oh yeah, uh, I saw it. Was that, well, it's not. It's not really a film museum. Is there a big it, thing about Andrei Tarkovsky? Right? Yeah, it's yeah. basically like a. It's basically like the watershed in Bristol, like an art house cinema, but in this really sci-fi building right by the water, where you've got a view of the whole like city. Dope. Cool. And um, they have like a. They have. They always have like they have a revolving exhibition. Yeah. And they had the Tarkovsky one, so it was like this really dark room with like. Obviously, bits of his movies playing. He's a Russian film director mm-hmm. who's known for making both very slow and depressing <laughs> movies, but like incredibly influential, incredibly acclaimed. But anyway, we went, we went to see that. Then we were mainly there for like a history tour, uh, which my dad was like a big part of. And um, it was the 75th anniversary of the Battle of Arnhem, Operation Market Garden. So, for history or film nerds out there, a bridge too far, basically. Yeah. Um, which was like the liber- the first attempt to liberate the Netherlands from Nazi rule. So it's like a huge deal out there. And uh, we did like a guided tour of like loads of the battle sites. So I not only saw Amsterdam, but I saw loads of Holland as well, or like, the Netherlands as well. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, went to all different towns and villages that were part of the battle sites. Um, saw like parachute drops, the Red Devils. Wow. Saw like uh, World That's War so cool. II, like actual World War II planes flying about. Um, also, with the parachute drops, one of the people who jumped in tandem, obviously, was 97 years old. Yeah. He was a veteran. Yeah. Jesus That's amazing. Christ. Yeah, I saw a picture of him, he had the biggest grin on his face. Huh? Big. Yeah, I, I was like, I literally was probably like, I was like right in front of him, like where he landed. Yeah. Like Prince Charles was there as well. Yeah. Um, Unbelievable. I saw like so many like old military vehicles, like for for Hol- for uh, Netherlands, it's like a huge deal because like after being under Nazi rule for like five years, this was like the first attempt and like, Thousands of people died trying to, um, trying to like kind of you know in, during this operation, mm-hmm. and so like the sacrifice means a huge amount to them. Yeah. Um. So like, they were so so honoured for like for, you know to have people come visit, and also to make sure that like it was celebrated and like they love like their kind of World War Two recreation stuff. So they had all the uniforms, they had all the vehicles, they're driving about like. It was like, if you're like a bit of a history nerd, it was like a dream come true. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Was, right? And like, it was also cool to spend some time with my dad as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Holiday, like, yeah. All your snaps look great. Yeah, it's like, it's like lots, a few nice beers and like learning also, loads. Amsterdam's just such a beautiful city, isn't yeah, it? Man. Yeah, man. And also everyone on this tour, it was like being on holiday with like five different versions of my dad. So everyone, <laughs> everyone on this tour was like a huge history buff and they were kind of trying to like outflex each other with how much they knew. <laughs> Amazing, uh, yeah. But like the uh, the guy leaving the tour was like a, <laughs> used to be part of logistics, like um, in the army, mm. and so he had like a huge knowledge of like military type stuff. Yeah, and we're bumping into people all the time who had like new information as well. So like I was like a sponge. I was like, I'm slung for the rhymes, drinking beers, <laughs> yeah, and I am taking up whatever information I can, like taking it all in. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. So just as an update, it was a real good time. 
Great. Cool. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, nice. Lovely. Right. Album of the week. Let's do this, because if we don't, <laughs> we never... Boom, yeah. boom, boom, yeah. boom. Opeth, new album. Uh, who are Opeth? Opeth are a Swedish prog metal band uh, formed in the 90s. Uh, basically, main man, Michael Ackerfeldt, uh, who is the singer, vocalist, guitarist, um, raconteur. Songwriter, raconteur, yeah, has been kind of leading these guys. They are a prog band, in a sense. They started off as a very death metal band. In and a they, sense? In a sense. Yeah, they are well, the embodiment of prog music. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. If you think about early on, it was much more like death prog. Yes. Death yeah. metal with prog elements. Yes. Yeah. They are essentially there. They started off as a almost like a... Swedish death metal band who have now moved into very 70s prog rock. Yeah, I would if say... If you can pitch that trajectory. It was originally a band that... Oh, Images and Words by Dream Theater's come out. I love this, but, but good God, do I like At The Gates. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, oh, yeah, well... And also cause, cause Sludge. The thing is, though, they, they were like... They started around about the same time, yeah. so we're talking more like a mix of Dream Theater's Images and Words. Um, Maybe some Yes... 100 yes and, and yes yeah, yeah yeah and then also probably sabbath. like some sabbath and also probably morbid angels altars of if, madness yeah. <laughs> if you really want if you want a really good crash course uh in them better than we could do is well not better than we could do we could nail it just don't want to but <laughs> uh but no if you want a really good series though if you want a really good crash course spotify uh do a series of like interviews with yes. different bands and they do one with mike ackerfeld talking about Opeth, their origins, intercut with songs in sort of chronological order. Um, and even get old band members in, because one of them actually works for Spotify in Sweden. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're uh, guitarists. Yeah. yeah. And it's a really good way to sort of get an idea of who they are and what they're like. Um, also, they've also had a very natural transition yeah. from yes. death into, you know, more progress. And uh, Michael Ackerfeld also has maybe one of the nicest speaking voices you'll ever hear. Oh, it's, it's, it's oh, this smooth, like purring like Swedish accent and like when I you think, hit... I think what we're talking about here is ASMR it, it's borderline ASMR it's the kind could... of voice where you think why do I bother talking at all like <laughs> yeah. it's just because he has a beautiful singing voice as well he does maybe the most evil death metal growls <laughs> yep but then when he actually sings it's beautiful it's heavenly yep. yeah incredibly talented band been around for 25 years now that's yeah. crazy, man. I know, but they've evolved so much, and like yes. they, they also kind of only started to really get big like later on in their career as well. Um, but yeah, they brought up a new album today. It's, the, t- the album title is Latin, so what is it? As you probably it do a better job of it. Incauda venenum, which is poison in the tail. Okay, cool. Oh. So I think it's Latin originally. Yeah, um, I'm holding the vinyl in front of me because I picked it up today. Uh, this is a, like one that. of the first albums they've done where they've done the entire thing in Swedish and in English. And especially now we've got streaming, you can literally just pick between the two on there. So there's a Swedish album and the English album. Um, I haven't listened to the Swedish one yet. I only listened to the English one. I have, yeah. But I didn't, I didn't listen to it. I listened to both versions. Um, and it's, so initially he started recording the album in Swedish and he wanted it to be their first all Swedish language album because they've done a couple of songs with yeah. a bit of Swedish in it. Like some stuff on Watershed that's got some Swedish in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think he, he actually said he chickened out at the last minute and decided he was going to do it in English as well because he didn't want to alienate anyone. Which, so he, which is a clever move because David yeah. Lee Roth did that with a son Risa Salvaje. <laughs> <laughs> Eat him and smile. 
in Spanish. Christ sake. God damn. Um, oh, oh, to me, though, so... I've okay, been... I'm going to avoid this tangent because, yes. Yeah, well, yeah. we've got more on that later. Yeah. I've only listened to this album once so far. Um, mainly because all the songs, in a good way, they're all like six minute plus, maybe five minute plus. But to me, since they've sort of... There was like about three albums ago, they really made a change from... Four now. Four albums ago. Yeah, Her- yeah. Heritage was the first of yeah. the prog prog 70s type albums yeah where they just did a lot he did a lot less of his harsh vocals yeah um, to me though this this album from my first listen seems to be the best example of what they're trying to achieve with the new sound yeah um but also i think what's been clever here with what they've done is they've brought back some of the more heavier sounding riffs and stuff yes without losing any of the new prog style they've gone for i think it's a really good marriage of the two yep styles of mm. opeth because in my mind like heritage onwards they're not a More different like, band because it's all been quite natural <laughs> but this is but they are in some ways but yeah. in other ways if you've been listening they're definitely leaning that way but this is the most organic sounding of it's, the new style do you know it's kind of like in the same way that opeth didn't really hit when they started their stride until blackwater yep. park which is their fourth, al- fourth album yeah they're kind of there now with their prog style. Like this is like their Blackwater Park of like their prog era. I think in terms of like, yes, this is what they're going for. They've nailed it. Did I you think, listen? I think yeah, I did. I actually gave this one after. So with Opeth, they're not one that I've kept up with like religiously. Mm. Sure. Um, I tend to like oh they've had you know month for a little while. I get around yeah, the to pe- it. The people are into um, obsess over yeah. them. Yeah. Hello. I, I understand why. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with this one, my biggest takeaway, I was like, yeah, shit, actually with. Ghost taking up a real 60s, 70s mm-hmm. mantle. Mm-hmm. This fits so perfect. And I yeah. hope that this is something that breaks them through to beyond big club status. So well, no, the thing is, though, it has, though, because on their last tour for um, Sorceress, the album, yeah. they were like, they kind of established themselves almost like a prestige band. So yes. So that Ghost, you know how Ghost did Royal Albert Hall? Yeah. Opeth did Sydney Opera House. Great. It's stuff like that. Like and, they, they've kind of they they they're both on a similar plateau. And Ghost hearing, are always going to have more appeal because they've got the image and the short songs. But yeah, yeah. But hearing this uh, is it encapsulates. If you if you listen to this and you do enjoy the band Ghost, this is so up that street. It's kind of off uh, on all of the more tangent based songs. It's that. It's the more progressive side of it. I agree. But you've got you've got yes. Uh, you've, again, reminds me of the oh, more proggy. One hundred always. Hundred percent. Always. And Blue Oyster Cult. Yes. Yep. It's, also, it's like, everything. It's. I think this has a most wonderful. mainstream sounding song. There's one called Love Long Crime in the middle, which is almost a power ballad, or at least what yep. Opeth would do as a power ballad. Mm. I, and I mean that in the best possible way, but it's the most mainstream sounding 100%. song. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, incredible. It's like because the the funny thing is, amazing. Like, the thing that people have like missed the most since Opeth changed their sound is like the heaviness, and they've kind of brought that kind of like rocking sound back into it. They've brought some like riffing back into it. But to me, and especially the last two albums, Sorceress and this one, the thing that I've been most impressed with is not more of the riffing; it's how good his melodies have got. Yep. Um, and beyond that as well, the the likes of like the vocal melodies, like the guitars, like the way the synth that, stuff though, works, has I been genuinely, beautiful. Genuinely, genuinely think that uh, this might be his best vocal performance. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. It's unbelievable when he's he's doing his clean singing, mm. yeah. and it is so it's so well supported. Yeah, in his technique and everything, he sounds 
fucking fantastic. Because the reason, so good. The reason why he like stopped doing the old style and like the death metal vocals, he, he, I mean, he got a bit bored of it. But also, he, I think he wants to develop as a singer. Because he, he was he, proper cookie monster vocals he, for a lot of Yeah, I, I would say, yeah, I mean, like... He had very good enunciation, super, actually. Yes, that's the thing, yeah. yeah. The but, best, you, but you know what I mean? Like, that guttural... What I like is, about yeah. when they don't... Yeah. When, when you, if you see them live, and you should see them live, uh, this is going to be my fourth or fifth time in November, but um, they don't... They're not one of those bands that's changed directions and are ashamed or avoiding... The earlier stuff. Mm, cool. They will play, obviously, yeah. whenever they tour an album, they'll play songs from the album, but they're just as happy. Like when I first saw them at Hellfest in 2014, one of my favorite songs is Demon of the Falls, which is like one of their earliest songs. Uh, they played that one. Like they just, I like that they are happy to do. They lost some fans when they changed their sound a bit. Yeah, they also gained a lot of new fans. It's though. not like they're denying or hiding away from the classic songs or the classic albums. They're a, just doing their own thing, which is great. And I think, uh, just see them live if you can. They're fucking brilliant. And you bought the vinyl today, didn't you? I did, yeah. I was on a bit of a spree, so I ended up getting a couple of vinyls. I got the new Baroness album, Golden Grey. Ooh. Beautiful album cover. That wasn't even planned. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't plan that at all. <laughs> yes. That's what, it's weird, Alfie, because like first, first couple of listens, I wasn't too sure, and it's growing on me, and I think there's something about that album, but I've just not, I think... I, if I'm on vinyl, yeah. I think I'd and appreciate I it. And I also bought the last couple of... Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I bought the last... So I bought um, the new Opeth album and I bought Sorceress as well. Uh, oh, Lush. Sorceress one with the... Um, um, what do you call it? Peacock. Peacock, yeah. Yes. yes. Um, it's got, like, the actual song, Sorceress, starts with, like, the most like 70s keyboard like doo -doo -boo -boo -doo -boo, yeah. but it goes into the most sabbathy junk 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 type riff um but that's the album where to me like that 70s sound really connected um but one thing i'd recommend as well for anyone who not appreciates opeth but also like the things that make their music is just watch any interview with michael ackerfeld he's wonderful um, yeah yeah um he he's a real a real treasure a real treasure, yeah. He's a real treasure. Oh, yeah, he, he's a real treasure. <laughs> treasure. Uh, treasure. Um, but every interview with him, honestly, like I guess every time we see him live, he always has like really good stage banter. But like he always tells really fun stories about his favorite albums and bands and meeting people that like his stuff like that. One of the things that he did recently is there's a amazing YouTube channel called uh, for a record store in LA called Amoeba Records. Yes. And um, they do a series called What's in My Bag. And it's and awesome. It's fantastic. It's they get They get a lot of famous people who come into the store just to, they basically, I think, I assume they give them like an unlimited, like a discount or something. But they just say like, go and go around the store, buy whatever you want to get, get whatever you want to get, and then sit down with us later and just talk about your purchases. And like, you name it in music, like they don't like, it's not just act, it's actors as well. It's like, you know, musicians and stuff like that. Loads of different genres of music. Yeah. I've seen people from like death metal bands. I've seen people from like big, like arena rock bands, like all sorts of stuff. Michael uh, did a version, like the amount, the stuff he's picking out is so insane as well. He's picking up like Miles yeah. Davis albums. <laughs> really insane. Yeah. He's getting like obscure Swedish folk music. Um, he's grabbing like a couple of prog albums. Uh, then he also gets like a couple of death metal albums. He also got the Beatles White album, which inspired inspired me to I because he said that's why you've been on the Beatles binge. That's why I've been on the Beatles binge. Yeah, the White album's the best one. Yeah, so. yeah. And it also and there can be any arguments about that. White album. 
And it also... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. it no, yeah, there's no way you can argue like the best Beatles album. Yeah. Also, it's fun, this whole segment uh, directly ripped off Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer with, Angelos, what's in your bag? Oh, yeah. <laughs> in your my bastard. bag, surprisingly, is another carrier bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Angelos, I'm a female. <laughs> But, Take um, a bow. I was watching. I was watching this uh, episode of What's in Your Bag, and it uh, ended, and that was it. We don't need to go any further. And he pulls out a record, and as soon as I saw it, <sighs> I paused the video and I text Lewis and Dan, and I said, "Watch this video at five minutes fifty eight seconds. I am vindicated." Did they ever buy joke records like for a laugh? <laughs> Never. No, absolutely not. No. And I knew. <laughs> yeah, I, I have not watched this video, and before you said anything, I was like. I felt no. like when I read that message, I felt like when Chief Brody spots the shark in Jaws and the camera zooms in <laughs> on him and he just looks horrified and he can't do anything about it. He just knows what's going to happen next. Prog God himself, Michael Ackerfeld, pulls out a copy of Kiss's Music from the Elder from our very own shit list and starts talking about uh, how great the album is. He says initially that he thought the album was bad when he first heard it and he didn't get it because he was like into Kiss. He was when like, what is this album? <laughs> And then, <laughs> I'm hoping. No? Wise guy. Uh, he's fucking smart, see? And then he said, he, over time, he's gone back to the album and like, it's, like he like appreciates it more and more and more and how great a like prog album it is. Just like our very own Jim Johnson Street. But I also think maybe he's like a kind of, you know, the same way that like you see Quentin Tarantino posts his like top 10 movies of year every year. And you, there's always something when you're there, you think, why the fuck is he into this movie? Just all these weird foot catalogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, like, for instance, they put in Lone Ranger one year. Yeah. Where the, the remake. Was, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, the new one, yeah. the Johnny Depp one. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. for that year, he said that was one of his favourite films, in fact, like, whenever it came out. Also, he big, also said Batman vs. Superman one year as well. Was, that's insane. Yeah. But also, yeah. big recommend, uh, Hans Zimmer's... Uh, William Tell yep. Overture. It's amazing. His version of the William Tell Overture is the best. I'm mm. sorry. I'm sorry, but everyone thinks they got the best Hans Zimmer. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to carry on yeah. with that. I can't. I've fucked it up. You think on. your William Tell Overture is good? <laughs> oh, wait, do you hear this guy? Here's how bad the Lone Ranger movie is. Uh, uh, but the Lone Ranger soundtrack is the only bad piece of music Mass Song have ever made. But also. <laughs> They did. They, they did. It. They were meant to do the entire soundtrack, oh, and it got stripped down to an. Did EP. they learn nothing from um, Jonah Hex? Yeah. Oh no, but, Jonah um, Hex. I know. I'm, yeah, I'm getting Hex. the two mixed up. Yeah, I'm getting the two but, mixed um, up. Yeah. A bit like Mike Ackerfeld and Quentin Tarantino. You know, they're not doing it just for the attention. Yeah. They genuinely believe something. And something that Mike Ackerfeld says that he said that Kiss were going for a more legitimate sound and trying to have like a big Broadway sort of musical. Yeah, and they're trying with the critics over as well. I listened to it again today, and it's incredible. Well. I thought I was enjoying it. I mean, <laughs> the merest mention of another band in our chat, which I think was System of a Down, it was, so it was, made yeah. me immediately pause it and put on Toxicity instead. I think, I think yes. that's why I was so mad about System of a Down today, because yeah. you stopped listening stopped to Kiss. Yeah, I immediately, I immediately went to steal this album. Because after <laughs> I do have a soft spot with Just a Boy now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I am the hero, but, but I, I wish I could, could be. be. Yeah. I'm just a boy. <laughs> That's how we got into this. Imagine. Is, I'm so sorry that this is being pumped directly into your ears. Kiss, listener. download 2020. Sister and Dan are also playing. Kiss are headlining on the Friday. Imagine if it kept, they will never do this, but imagine if they came out on the stage to just a boy. Make Kiss fantasy again. Please. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It was going to be a whole... Anyway, we, we've talked about it. Listen yeah. to the video. So, uh, anyway... Um, <laughs> But um, I'm, well, I should probably wrap this one up because we've been talking quite a while. But I yep. just want to say, for anyone who... When are we starting the episode? <laughs> for anyone who <laughs> maybe is new to Opeth, um, what albums would you recommend to everyone? Uh, Blackwater Park, mm-hmm. for one of our earlier songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then probably, honestly, probably this one, I think. Cool. Um, also, maybe um, Deliverance and Damnation. I, I would say I would say if you've never ever listened to Opeth, you want something that I really think Blackwater Park's my favourite mix of the two. I would say probably um, oh god, yeah. I'd probably say Ghost Reveries. Is Ghost yep. Re- which one was the one with um, Locust Eater on it? That was Watershed. Cool. So which is also really good as well. <laughs> they have a lot. Was, of things that that was, got a lot of good albums. That was the one that got me into them because I feel like that was a proper like that was a medium blend. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh... <laughs> that's like, yeah, that's the intro, yeah. isn't it? That's how you're there's, coming. There's a lot of. Go for middle ground. Got of hounds on it, or yeah, it does. Yeah, and Ghost of Perdition. Yeah, yeah. and think... um, Grand Conjuration. Grand Conjuration is on. Um, there's a video game which I always fucking loved called um, Sleeping Dogs. Oh, you're yeah, playing yeah. an undercover cop in the triad in Hong Kong, but there's a Roadrunner radio station in the cars uh, when you're Incredible. driving around, and there's two tracks on there really made. It, obviously, I already knew um, Grand Conjuration. But driving around, like, fighting crime to that is just great. But also, there's a live... And it took me ages to find out what version it was. There's a live outtake from um, Live and Dangerous by Finn Lizzy <gasps> of Bad Reputation. No way. And it cuts out before the drum solo. So I'm a bit annoyed that when I listen to it now, I have oh. to pause it and stop that myself. <laughs> but to me, that version of Bad Reputation is better than the studio version of it. And I love that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that live version is amazing. And I don't even know why they've put it on there. Because it's such a random cut. But on there, That's it's that one. killer as hell. So yeah, buy the PS4 version of Steeping Dogs and uh, yeah. enjoy Opeth. But I would say, <laughs> newest one, yep. wonderful. If you, if you want something a little more... You can more work your way back, to be honest. 70, yeah, I, and I think yeah. working your way back probably mm. makes more sense. Yeah. To get into... Because if you're not into your death metal vocals and that... That's probably the perfect way yeah. to do it. And also, if you like a good sense. storyteller, go see them live because in between the songs, you'll hear the yeah, best well, watch stories. Watch interviews as what well. What are the solos like, though? So, talking of solos, and we can't leave you without telling, talking about this, <laughs> a guy on Twitter called Gal Grayson, who had no followers before but now has gone big time because of this. Rightly so. Pointed out that he found a record for like a... I think it's like <laughs> a 60s sort of doo-wop type band. It's so doo-wop. And um, what he claimed was the worst solo he'd ever heard in his life. And I was like, okay, I've heard some bad solos, so maybe not. But, and then I heard it, and I've sent it to everybody I know. And I would like to point out that he mentions on any instrument ever. Yeah, on any instrument ever. So the instrument in this case is the saxophone. It's a song called... Oh, uh, don't spoil Don't spoil it. Well, Listen you, it. Okay, you try and work out if you think it's a saxophone or not, because it's actually genuinely quite hard to tell. Uh, it's a song called The Jones Girl. Uh, I think it might be an alternative version of this song by a band called The Five Satins. And, well, just take a listen. Okay. Rock and roll. Okay. <laughs> Establish the theme. <laughs> Forget the theme. Forget your fingers can move. <laughs> it's this bit. That bit. <laughs> when he tries to change notes. <laughs> oh, God. It's like someone... It's 
like someone hitting their car horn in a traffic jam. Like, me, me, me and Jim were talking about this last night, and it's like, it's like one of their mates had been lying about being able to play saxophone the whole time, and then they called his bluff, and he had to book, he had to go for it. Like in a um, peep show, in fact, when Jez has to play saxophone. Yeah. yeah. It's not incredible. Oh, God. I haven't stopped listening to it. So yeah, that's Gal Grayson on Twitter. But if you just Google worst solo ever saxophone, you'll find it. God, it's it's not stop making me laugh. So it's rare, because you know we laugh, it's rare you laugh on your own because you tend to laugh with people, etc. I was genuinely, I had to pause Bake Off. And you know what a big deal that is? I had to pause Great British Bake Off because I was laughing so hard on my own (laughs) to this saxophone player. I mean, I just had to, I sent it to everybody. It, it's my favourite thing. Oh, God. It's like the one note song on Tenacious D. Yes, yes, And it's yes. also like Saxman on Lonely Island's first album. Yes. Also, what I love about music and what I love about anything like this is that's... And also, a bit like the... There's all sorts of things that get dug up out of nowhere. Where they've been... <laughs> yeah. That's been sat dormant for like 50, <laughs> 50 <Dormant>. years. <laughs> just brewing. But what I love is... Like it, Godzilla. <laughs> there is so much stuff that has been around that you just don't know about or no one's discovered. I mean, all it takes is one person to put a record on the record player and suddenly it becomes a phenomenon like that. And I'm just so excited about what else is out there. To, to, yeah. And if you would like to get in touch with us with anything like that, please do. On Instagram, we are at anything. slowly... <laughs> Find us somewhere solo if you can. <laughs> on Instagram, we are at slowly rock podcast. If you want to get in touch on Facebook, Twitter, we are at slowly rock. If you want to contact us directly... Please drop us a message. Please email us. We genuinely read all of the ones we get. We 100% do. Pat, once again, thank you so much. You <laughs> send us so many wonderful, yeah. wonderful suggestions. Um, we are sorryrock at gmail.com. Please do let us know. Share it with a friend if you've enjoyed. Also, yeah, if thank you've you enjoyed to Danny something as well for saying we cured a depression with our last episode as well. Fantastic. So, yeah, we that's, appreciate that, Danny. Thank that's, you. That's what we're here for. But yeah, please, please do get in touch. Um, you guys absolutely mean the world to us, and it's fantastic to know that we are somehow getting listens across the world right now. Mm. <laughs> I can't explain why. Thanks for listening, guys. We're sorry once again, but also not really that sorry. Not in the slightest. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. insanity <laughs> honestly it's like Finnegan's Wake but like a podcast version <laughs> <laughs>